0: to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations.
1: It's okay to get divorced. Divorce is evolution, not failure. There are ways to compassionately, gracefully, Gently and lovingly separate. Valeria Tellis interviews Bianca Best, the author of Flourish Redefine Success and Create More Time, Energy, Impact, and Happiness. Bianca Best is an author, award winning advertising executive, entrepreneur, mother of four, global managing director, leadership coach, and founder of the transformational Six Step Escape Program which empowers individuals to redefine success and create more time, energy, impact, and joy. Launching a tech business in 2004, Bianca built the Bespoke Gift Company, a pioneering personalized gift platform. After an exhilarating decade learning that with the right focus, energy, and vision, anything is possible, Bianca joined Dentsu Aegis to run global advertising accounts, where she won the IPA and Campaign's 2016 Woman of Tomorrow Accolade. She currently thrives within WPP, leading a third millennium consultancy for Mediacom, partnering with global brands such as Mars, Coca-Cola, Sony, and Uber to accelerate digital transformation agendas amidst the volatility of ever-undulating economic and modern marketing landscapes. Bianca describes her CV as a chronology of passions explored, And through her private business, Flourish is on a mission to heal the world's burnout epidemic by empowering individuals and companies to thrive. Through six powerful pillars, the science-based escape program halts passivity to life's buffeting whirlwind, heralding mental and physical well-being. She energizes, teaches, and motivates ambitious individuals to maximize their impact without burnout. By offering coaching, mentoring, delivering keynotes, and hosting workshops for large corporates such as Amazon, Snapchat, and WPP. Meet Bianca at BiancaBest.com. Here's the interview with Bianca Best.
0: In your own words, who is Bianca Best?
1: Well, I am
2: a mother, first and foremost. Um, I'm a writer, I'm an entrepreneur, and I'm a global business leader. And I'm somebody that embraces life every which way. I have really dived into exploring passions at every stage of my life, almost innately. And it's led to a really fun life, a fun, full and rewarding life, but it's had its undulations. And I've gone through cycles of really intense burnout um, earlier in my career, juggling a family and, and running businesses. And so I've really shifted into a place of Healing and devote myself now to helping others heal. So, yes, I'm still mothering my four children. Yes, I still have a big corporate job. Yes, I'm running multiple businesses. But my focus is really around healing the corporate environment so that individuals and organizations can thrive, but also really working with individuals to stop them feeling stuck and help them progress forward positively. And really, my promise to anyone that I work with is that I help you find the work, the love and the vitality that you desire and ultimately really do deserve. So I'm very, very focused on, on that as my raison d'etre.
0: Do you call this a purpose that you have found your purpose in life? Yes, I do. Okay, so my question is, which a lot of people ask, how do we find our purpose? And how do we know once we have found it?
2: Yeah. And, and I, you know, again, it's something that I've spent a lot of time trying to work out what my purpose is. And if ever I felt misaligned, disconnected from an energetic flow in life, I think that's when I've been off my course, my purposeful course. And really, for me, I think my epiphany of sorts and and this happened gradually is paying attention to what people would ask me for advice on the most and I think for everybody pay attention to that because quite often when people are coming to you saying how do you do that how do you do that and you're just bashing out the advice really just naturally easily effortlessly actually that's a real clue to what your gift is And how you can help people. And I noticed several years ago that I just had this proliferation of everyone from corporate colleagues to um, friends to, to people in my local community coming to me and saying, how do you do it? How do you juggle a family? How do you juggle your business? But how do you stay vital and energized and manage to run every day and keep smiling. What is it? What do you do? And so I took that as a bit of a, a, a calling, if you like, to actually almost package it up and and, and really turn it into a, a program and, and a method that will help others learn from the methods that work for me and so yeah I do I do feel it's a purpose I, I really do and and I love it and I think also if you feel energized by the work that you're doing that's a really big clue as well.
0: question came to mind recently that I have not asked most of my guests and I would love to I'll ask you how do we know when we are tired burned out or stressed out, (laughs) burned out really, and relaxed and very relaxed where we don't have all this energy to expend because we just want to stay quiet and and pause and rest.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think identifying when you are burnt out is when you've hit that critical point of too much frenetic productivity and you've expended your energy. You've probably been operating in a high cortisol state and, and it's very dangerous. That is very different to being in a relaxed Introvert calm state. And I think it's important to segregate the two. Um, I know that whilst I am an extrovert and I get a lot of energy from other people and I, and I love speaking on stage and, and moments like this and interacting with the others, I find that very energizing. But I have to have solitary time at the end of every single day where I retreat into my bedroom, which I've created as a sanctuary. And from 10 o'clock onwards, in the evening, it's my time. And I don't want my kids in my room. Everybody knows it's my sacred time. And that's when I journal and I will come off my devices. And that is my rejuvenation time. So I've had to really conscientiously build that into my routine, because I recognize that that was part of my journey to heal on a daily basis. Because I do pack in a lot. I love a rich, varied, full, busy life and i know i'm sure you do as well when we're energized yeah. with our work it's, it's really true. hard to say no to opportunity <laughs> yeah. doing more but actually true. that des- discipline of actually carving out time of deep relaxation is really really important and identifying what it is for you that helps you relax and step into that place of rejuvenation because we're all bio individual and so what relaxes me journaling and sitting on my bed might actually not be the thing that relaxes you. So it's about identifying what helps you become restored and and build up your energetic um, reserves again.
0: So my first question is, what is your understanding of self-awareness and what does balance look like?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, self-awareness is an interesting one because I think for a long time and and for many people, so for me personally and for a lot of people, I think it gets confused with being selfish and wanting to spend time journaling or wanting to read another personal development book and, and progress inner growth. I think can sometimes be seen as very self-indulgent. And it's important to actually contextualize it and recognize that actually it's an imperative to growth in life. And building in time for self-awareness is is absolutely, it's it's key to your success. And my book, Flourish, Redefine Success and Create More Time, Energy, Impact and Happiness um, is actually all based around starting with the self awareness that gets you to become really conscious of what ignites you what depletes you what it is that motivates you to get out of bed in the morning and to really start to hone in to what success looks like for you because again it's going to be very individual so self-awareness matters so much and we have to build it in as a daily practice is, is my advice to anyone on the path to to growth and it's looking at how you can build it in and it's it's recognizing your emotional undulations your cognitive um ability to process make decisions and recognizing when you feel depleted and um, understanding intellectually what stimulates you, what drains you, all this, it really starts to help you identify how to flourish. And you can't do that when you are reactive in life, when you are just being swept downstream by the really busy, intense lives that so many of us really have experienced and are experiencing at a more accelerated pace than ever seen in our history. Um, it, taking the time out to actually identify how we can succeed and, and navigate this is absolutely crucial. So to your, your question around balance, it starts with this self-awareness and then you step into this place of life feeling a little bit more fluid and harmonious. And I think balance itself is almost a bit of a is it a utopian state? Actually, you know, it is balance would indicate two sides of two different scales and, and a, a yo-yo. And actually, it's not necessarily about polarities because really it's about this, this fluidity of an undulating cycle of how we go through each day, each week, each year. And ensuring that we are rejuvenated, nourished and able to contribute, because that's really what we're all about, isn't it? As humans, we've got a human essence, human spirit, and we want to be able to, to be significant contributors however we can. And and that comes from self-awareness and then balancing the freneticism of life with what enables us to contribute.
0: Self-awareness, the way you speak, of it, this state of being, state of mind, it kind of makes me think about spiritual practices. Do you connect self-awareness to spirituality somehow?
2: Yeah, I do. I do. And and for me, spirituality is believing in something greater than ourselves and and having that trust in in something, an energetic realm. And is it God? Is it the divine? Is it I haven't labelled it. Um, I wasn't raised in a devoutly religious um, family, but I believe I'm surrounded by some energetic flow that propels me onwards in a a positive way if I tune into it. And so the intuition and awareness of something bigger than me that is connected to all of us and, and driven by love and harmony is something that I really revere and do spend time connecting into that. And that's the sort of external connection that I will feel when I'm standing in a field of yellow flowers with my son holding hands and watching the sunset. And that is a moment of just gratitude and bliss and just awe at the world. And that for me becomes a spiritual moment because it's healing and soothing right from within. And I feel incredibly grateful for that. Um, but then there's also the I'll do a daily meditation practice that is very much about stilling and quieting the mind. Would you call that? Is that a spiritual practice or is that more self-awareness? I mean, I'm interested, actually, what, what would you call that?
0: I don't see separation, actually. Everything is spiritual. Everything it's self-aware. Everything's aware. What I'm interested in a lot of time, it's how do we get to choose. And if it is possible to choose all the time to have these wonderful, graceful experiences here, I get different answers. And from my own experience in observing myself in this body, I see that it's always um, moving. It's always dancing. It's not fixed in any way. So it's kind (laughs) of interesting.
2: No, I I agree. And I think it's interesting. And I bet that we and all your listeners are probably all very aware of when we're disconnected from that dance that you've just described and and for me i think i noticed that either if i'm or previously if i was tripping into a burnout proper breakdown type thing 15 years ago i think that would be a, a sense of disconnection and freneticism but also i think Even in in my generally consistently balanced state now, sometimes if I feel myself flutter a little bit upwards into a slightly cortisol peaked state, then I think that also can trigger a bit of a disconnection and it needs to then be grounded. And it's about then soothing that energy back down. Within and maybe doing that sort of physically by just being exercising or being in nature or just having more soothing foods or whatever, I know won't trigger me, Um, and then bringing it back down into that grounded, centered state enables that dance to continue healthily.
0: That is the the very interesting part of this experience to be able to do that. Some say go back home, go back to that space that we want to be because everything is, it seems to me, everything is imagined. It's, we're creating everything all the time. <laughs> we're creating and uncreating. Um, we have that power, don't we?
2: Yeah, I, exactly that. It's something, um, I think we have to pay attention to our emotions because yeah. they're real and we feel them, but our reactions to those emotions are not necessarily valid because those reactions could be actually born out of like you've just said projection fear or what worry imagined it may not be born out of reality but instead of some perception that's fake so it's it's observing emotions as they cycle through us and observing the reactions that they trigger and how can we manage those reactions or what can we learn from those reactions mm-hmm and it's fascinating fascinating (laughs) at the (laughs) moment really exploring this because if you pay attention to what triggers you
0: you can learn so much
2: about yourself and your beliefs and your it's it's fascinating
0: So true. I love the way you say that with a lot of enthusiasm, because it is fascinating (laughs) very much. I still cannot even conceive that we can talk about these things using the mind. (laughs) Like, how can we have this conversation? (laughs) How is it possible? Yeah, it, it is amazing. The whole experience, isn't it? You probably have been already talking about what success is for you, but I'd like to ask uh, the direct question. So how do you define success these days? What is to be successful to you? Success for me is this,
2: I have this imaginary plug. that I plug into flow and I've really started to tune into this intuitively. And that feeling plugged in on a daily basis, to what is my flow is what success means to me. And this, might, this is going to sound so ethereal, uh, but I, I know that you will understand it. Oh in yes, the the right audience. <laughs> yes.
1: Um,
2: and so it's absolutely not about material gain, mm. the extrinsic side of life, and it's not about validation from others. Um, yes, it's about being with my children. Absolutely. Yes, it's about having the time and the space to be able to nourish myself. Yes, it's about love giving love and receiving love but fundamentally now I've really learned that when I feel that I'm plugged in and I'm flowing in the right way and and I really think this comes back to I'm contributing in a way that makes a difference my work is meaningful my impact is resonating and it's supporting and helping others and shaping lives that is success so it's very it's very much about inner peace Inner peace. And and it's really, yeah, I'm glad you've asked that question because really I'm articulating it this way for the first time. And maybe it's a year in lockdown that's really provoked that sense of, okay, this really is what success looks like for me.
0: Yeah, inner peace, inner peace. Yes, it, it goes, I mean, for me, always goes back to that. Yes, yes. being in peace, yeah. right. Living and dying in peace. Right? Exactly.
2: And it's. I think it's Paul Coelho who said that um, happiness is going to sleep peacefully at night I think it was him I think that was one of one of those quotes but it's it's so true and it's so important and that that really is key and even even with decision making I'm doing a lot of work at the moment on making decisions with integrity and ultimately when you are faced with a really important decision and you've got to commit to one way or the other ask yourself the question of does it bring me peace? And and then that is your guiding, that's your answer. And it makes life quite simple, actually, if you adopt that as a principle.
0: So you wrote the book, Flourish, redefine success and create more time, energy, impact and happiness. How did you become a writer, Bianca? And what was the main inspiration and intention of writing your book?
2: Well, I am a writer through and through. And since I was a little girl, um, all I've ever wanted to be was a writer and to write. It's my absolute passion. I love creative writing, but uh, communicating is my thing. So I've dreamt of publishing a book since I was a little girl. And I have voraciously written all all my life. My first job was as a copywriter in a magazine. Um, But this particular book, Flourish, came about... After I'd recognized that I was being asked again and again, how do you do it? How do you do it? And so I sat down and I thought, how do I do it? And and that really gave birth to my six-step transformational program that's called the Escape Method, and that is uh, six aspects of life. Uh, the first one is energy and really looking at our individuality, our bio-individuality, what energizes us, what depletes us, and, um, and ho- tuning into that in such a way that we ensure that we, we stabilize, regulate, and maximize our own individual energy levels. Um, uh, The second step is around self-awareness. The third one is around cleansing. So we make space for the the good stuff that we want to bring into our lives. And then um, it's action. A is for action. Once we've identified goals and really got clarity around what the vision is for our best life, our best selves, what's the action that we're going to take to to step into it? Um, P is play ensuring that we bring creative joy into our lives because that's incredibly important as well and then E is around enrichment so I created this six-step plan um, that was actually in its first its first essence was just a an articulation of what I'd done really to, to get myself into a place of balance and not burning out um, and then I started hosting retreats um, uh, the first one I, I did was a Um, A morning I posted it on my local um, notice board and said I was inviting uh, anyone struggling with balance in life to just come around spend the morning with me and I'd talk about these six steps and uh, it was incredibly popular and a lot of people turned up so then I hosted another one um, a month later then another one and then I extended it so it became a whole day Um, And it seemed to really resonate. So it was quite a natural progression to then put it into a book and really be able to scale the message and just share it with more people. Um, And and now it means whenever I do events and I work with organizations like Amazon or Snapchat and WPP and whenever I give my escape workshop, my talk, my event, my keynote, whatever it might be, everybody gets a book. As well, so it means that the the legacy of the wisdom that has worked for me is passed on. So um, it's 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 just special because it means that the magic continues beyond the initial interaction. So it's been it really has been a dream come true becoming a published author and um, I, and I will I get I get emails from strangers saying they've just finished my book and they've done this that and the other and it's changed their life and so it's incredibly rewarding as I'm sure you know as yes. you yourself.
0: I would like you to talk to me. Actually, I have a question for you about escape. That's the acronym. I will ask you a question around escape. This idea of escaping something. So, if we are trying to escape something, what would that be? What we are trying to escape from?
2: Primarily, it's from reactivity. Aye. It's it's not harnessing the power that we hold within ourselves to direct our lives, and and sadly, I think too many of us have just been swept downstream and then think about the midlife crisis it's an eruption of suddenly realizing passively life has just overwhelmingly happened to you and of course you're going to wake up in your 40s and have a midlife crisis and say well how did i get here So, actually, it's about escaping from reactivity and passivity and stepping into an empowered place where you control your attitude. You're very aware and conscious of your choices. And... You, you start to enjoy life more because it is an adventure and it's it, is. it for <laughs> yeah. us to seize and have fun. And I always so. say to people if they're looking for new jobs or career guidance, I'll just say, are you going to have fun doing it? Do you like the people? Do you like the concept of the role? It's so great. Get, in. Get involved.
0: And that's why I love to the P have played there. This uh, being light, yeah, just playing more in life and not taking anything ourselves or anything too seriously. That's well, the truth. exactly.
2: And and you know, scientists have actually proven that we are more effective and more productive when we take time out from the focused work tasks and actually go and do frivolous play. It's utterly disconnected because we use different sides of our brains, and when you flip to using a different area of your brain to just play, it actually rests that other side that you use for work. So it gives you a break. So it actually rejuvenates you and it's imperative. It's it's been scientifically proven again and again that play is important to enhance overall cognitive function.
0: So play more. Yeah. <laughs> play more, laugh more. Right. I agree. It makes so much sense. Uh, there's so much to learn about ourselves. Yeah, sometimes we get, not sometimes, most of us, unfortunately, yeah, get caught up in using just uh, certain abilities we have, but we have so many. It's almost, we are infinite beings. I mean, life itself is such a, an amazing mystery. So, yeah, we should be always open to exploration. Always. Yes
2: exactly and that's actually a, a, a sad system certainly in the uk where i look at our education system where we see children categorized as either academic or creative and we, it just then creates this self fulfilling prophecy of oh no 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 i'm not creative i'm just academic and and people start to shut down that side of creativity which is really unhealthy because look at us as children we all played innately
0: that's true, Bianca. Do you think that this is changing somehow? The school systems becoming more integrative?
2: Well, not yet. No, not yet. And I think, obviously, we're in crisis with all the remote learning and what the past year has 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 created for our children. Has been an environment where play has not been enabled at school because they've been at home, really. So. So, yeah, I I don't know what that future looks like, Um, but it's definitely something that bothers and concerns me and more creativity does need to come into schools. I really fundamentally believe that.
0: Yes, yeah. Well, if that doesn't happen soon enough, it's uh, important to be aware as you are as a mother to bring that to your home so you educate them in that sense. So we are almost at the end. I do have some other questions for you about this one more about divorce. That's the topic that we didn't talk about. So you send it to me, an interesting phrase. You say, it is okay to get divorced. Divorce is evolution, not failure. There are ways to compassionately, gracefully, gently, and lovingly separate. That's really beautiful. So, my question is how do we do that? (laughs) Not that I'm getting divorced, but how do we do that? (laughs) Not yet, hopefully, not. (laughs) It's
2: it's about being very uh, compassionate and very conscious. And the reason that I'm writing this book now is because I've gone through my own divorce after 26 years of being together. My husband and I separated last year. And it was obviously it's sad but i was having dinner i was at a dinner party sitting next to a man and i was talking to him about the fact that i was getting divorced and he said well you failed you failed it's failure and i was quite indignant i said no we've just evolved and and it really just stimulated me no because it is fundamentally it's evolution and i think What what I've learned from really researching this, working with a lot of women that I coach through their own um, relationship rehabs, and believe me, I'm not encouraging divorce, but if divorce is the right path, it's understanding that it's simply evolution. And we put really unfair expectations on our love partnership to be this idyllic utopia forever and for it to continue as it was on the honeymoon forever and ever and ever. And if you contrast that to the friendships, the other relationships you have in life, whether it's with family members or your friends or your colleagues, it's all transient and it changes and it undulates. You'll have different groups of friends that give you different things at different points in your life. And yet with our life partner, we unrealistically demand this consistency to stay as we were. And that proves challenging Challenging when we naturally, as individual beings are on our own journeys and our own paths. And I think if you get to a point where your paths no longer align and you've got different visions and values, which naturally evolve over time, it's okay to say, okay, I recognize actually we'll be happier apart and there is no crime in that. And sadly, I feel too many... Women and men stay in or any, any relationship, heterosexual or otherwise, stay in relationships for too long simply because we feel society will judge us, the children will despise us, we can't do it gracefully, we can't do it compassionately. And actually we can with compassion and consciousness. It's absolutely possible to move on and do so in a way where you accept it's evolution, not failure. So I'm really intent on sharing the methods, the ways that it's possible to do this through my next book. And and I know that it's needed and necessary. And the publishers that I'm speaking to already are saying that this is an absolutely essential book. So yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait to publish it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds yeah. very good. Please let me know. I'd love to talk to you more about it. And I do have a question for you about the uh, consciously, compassionately, moving and, or flowing with this change which is life is all about change movement so what if just one side of that coin which is the same thing but just you not the husband he's not on the same mental frame or understanding so how do you navigate that
2: well, that that's exactly what happened to me. Um, my partner really didn't want us to divorce, mm. and and it took nearly ten years, actually, of endlessly looking at other routes, options, trying marriage counselling, and um, me leaving, and then him pleading with me to stay. and And it was very, very difficult and very sad. But in the end, because I was so loving the whole time. I I love him. I love and respect 26 years and four children. That's something to be revered, but it was about really compassionately, almost holding his hand through the acknowledgement that we need to transition to a place where we're going to be happier. And we've got to go through this pain and and yes, I was the the braver one to recognize that we really did need to make the change. and it was painful for both of us. but here we are, um a year, full year on since uh, he finally left left our home, and he's happy. And he recognizes that it was the right thing, but it's not easy. And it definitely made me feel the magnitude of what I was doing was epic. And I felt guilty and I was wrought with self-loathing and fear about him and his well-being and the children's reaction. And I just had to stay true to the fact that I love him. And it's simply evolution. And I don't love him in the way that I wanted him to be the life partner for the next 26 years. And when we sat down and really looked at what we want in the future and what our values are, we're wildly different. I was 18. When I met him, and and so he came to that point of acknowledgement and acceptance, and we've moved on. So it is possible. It is possible, but there will be resistance, and so it's managing that gracefully and very, very kindly, and just taking a lot of deep breaths and not rising when when those fraught, intense, emotional conflict moments do bubble up. But just staying very centered and listening and being empathic mm-hmm. and just trying to be progressive kindly the whole time.
0: I love that approach, Bianca. Thank you for having this presence, bringing this message to this reality. Yes, yeah, absolutely. If we can do this in every area in our lives, yeah, that's it. (laughs) That's what I call success. Yeah, um, absolutely. So we're almost at the end and I have a few more questions for you, the ending questions. Would you like to add anything? or read a passage in your book, Flourish?
2: Uh, wow, thank you. That is uh, an invitation. I've got the book in front of me um, now. Um, yeah, what can I read? I could read something to you. Um, okay, I'll, I'll read you just this uh, where the book has opened. Yeah. Um, yes, Beliefs like and Values. <laughs> this is really interesting considering the conversation we've just had, and I'm not kidding. <laughs> um, yeah. See, This is what I call spirituality and di- divine guidance. Um, okay, Beliefs and Values. My definition of self-awareness is that it means having a consciousness of one's own values and belief systems and how they impact your behaviours. Um, And then beliefs. The main way I transcended my self-awareness beyond stream of consciousness journaling was to identify and evaluate my own belief systems and values. I came to recognize the power of beliefs as either limiting or empowering, and to see how values motivated the majority of my behavior, actions, and thoughts. I also came to acknowledge the breadth of different life perspectives each individual holds as totally unique to themselves. And then I go on and describe all sorts of different scenarios and how we perceive them individually.
0: Yes, yeah. That. It goes back to that, yeah, perception, right? Yeah. When does. we get to self awareness, then we are now exploring the world, the realm of beliefs. And I love the way you have in your book, with, where you say it, uh, beliefs can be limiting or empowering, right? That's exactly. so important That's to it. understand.
2: It is. I I say that to my children all the time. I say, if you believe you can or you can't,
0: you're right. (laughs) Yeah, right. Either way. (laughs) Exactly. That'll be the reality that we'll live in, right? Exactly. For sure. So my ending questions, let me see. Yeah, let me ask you this one. What was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself and life as of today?
2: The hardest lesson um, is that I need to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) I need to sleep. And sleep is absolutely fundamental to thriving. And I resisted that for a very long time because I grew up in the 80s where it was work hard, play hard and disrespect the fact that... We're in a human body that actually needs rejuvenation, and so when I was I set up my first business back in 2004, I had four children under seven because I had twins as my third and fourth. I was running a business and I would work round the clock on on no sleep. I'd be feeding children, working, uh, running a, a tech gift business, and 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 then I wondered why. I crashed and burned. So I think learning that I needed sleep was one of the biggest, most profound lessons ever. And I had the privilege of meeting Arianna Huffington a couple of years ago and sitting in her office and she signed a copy of her book, Sleep, yeah. The Sleep Revolution. Yeah. And read it word for word twice. And I really do revere sleep. And it's just an essential part of us flourishing.
0: True. And it is, yeah. That's interesting that... Yeah, we tend to do that. Sometimes I do that too, but not in the sense of not getting eight hours of sleep. I always do, but going to bed late. Do you have any protocols that you wanted to um, give as a suggestion to the audience for sleeping? What is the best approach to it?
2: I think revering it, recognizing it is, is absolutely core to, um, to, to thriving. And what I love is taking this mindset that when you go to bed, the time that you go to bed, that is the start of your new day.
0: Mm, right. Oh, interesting. Uh,
2: yeah, because then it really sets you up. And and if you want to start your day knowing that you're all full of energy and rejuvenated, then then make sure that you go to bed in the right way. And, and that's the beginning of your new day.
0: Psst so true if you want to know your future just pay attention to what you're doing now right exactly it's right it's right here (laughs) so true (laughs) three more questions for you bianca okay Okay. what is another word for healing i'm gonna say peace peace yeah i would say that too yes which is good and two more questions. If you knew you would die soon, meaning leaving the body, would you make any change or do anything in a different way? No. Oh, I love that answer. No way. I'm really no. fast. Too. Yeah, I don't
2: even regret. No way. No.
0: Yeah, yeah. No. I love that answer every time I hear. Yeah, especially when it comes like with no thinking. It's really <laughs> <Exactly>. clear. <laughs> no doubts. No.
2: Exactly. Well, Beautiful. we learn, don't we? From the good, the bad, the failures, the successes. We learn, we learn, we learn. It's all a journey.
0: And the last question is What are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment?
2: Three things of life that I know
0: for sure as
2: of this moment that love is absolutely key to everything, everyone, everything. And just when you walk into every moment filled with love, it just obliterates fear, worry, any negativity. So love is absolutely omnipresent. I know that life is abundant in potentiality. And I find that exciting. I find it moving. I find it, yeah, moving, actually. Um, it, it's it, There's magic in it if we choose to see it. Right. And life is a gift. Life mm-hmm. is a gift. It's, it's, yeah, that's it. That's mm-hmm. how it is. That's how I see it.
0: I love your wisdom, Bianca. Thank you so much. Thank you for your presence. You have this very energetic and high vibration some call it energy it's really beautiful the way you you flow (laughs) oh bless you well thank you for for doing your wonderful work
2: and inviting me to come and talk to you it's really lovely it's been a pleasure
0: thank you so before we say goodbye where can we find more information about you your books products services and future projects
2: thank you um so i have my website it's biancabest.com and everything is there including uh, a free audiobook that um, you can access that teaches you how to stop the struggle and find the work love and vitality that you want so uh, please visit uh, there's all sorts of resources and information around my events and online programs and uh,
0: it would be my pleasure to serve you thank you so much again bianca and bye for now thank you bye bye
1: Thank you for listening. To learn more about Bianca Best and her work, please visit biancabest.com. To
0: learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.